Hello, my fellow educators, and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. This is the final episode of our application series. I'm Lou Gerlach, your host and fellow advocate for empowering young minds through ThinkChat. Today, we are embarking on a thrilling journey exploring how to craft a classroom that truly tickles our brains and igniting a fiery passion for learning. It's all about creating a learner-driven haven that celebrates agency, choice, and ownership. So let's dive right in. We are engaging in the ultimate reflective practice. As we go back through all of the elements of a PYP classroom success criteria, what is on your list? Here is a recap of the big ideas we have discussed, so get ready to apply. Tickling their brains, excitement for school. Your school is a place where curiosity lives and excitement for learning is contagious. How do we achieve this? It starts with the shared vision, my friends. A school that communicates its high expectations for learners and empowers them to steer their learning journey. So what is the vision of your school, your classroom, your role in the school? And what does that vision say about you and what you expect from your learners and how you're going to support them to become more independent? Another thing to focus in on is empowering learners, establishing classroom culture. It's not enough to tell our learners to be independent. We must show them what that looks like. We set the stage and they take the lead. It's about fostering a culture where learners understand that they are the drivers of their own learning experience, where questions are more valuable than the answers. More importantly, where learners know they are free to take risks and make mistakes because this is how we grow. Voice choice and ownership are not just words we use, but are guiding stars in our process. We encourage our learners to have a say in their learning journey and watch as they take ownership of their education. So how are you, my friends, creating a safe space where learners can take more agency in their practice and learn to make mistakes and learn that making mistakes is a good thing because all innovators have made a lot of mistakes onto success. Another area that we focused in on is interactive walls that focus on conceptual and transdisciplinary learning. Now imagine your classroom walls come alive with knowledge. They're not just a backdrop, they're a canvas for learning instead. Infused with key and related concepts, your walls become an extension of your teaching and learners see relevant examples that have been created by their peers of what those concepts mean to them in their everyday lives. And by learning through concepts, we're able to break free from the constraints of subject silos, the dreaded silos. And a transdisciplinary approach helps us to weave connections between subjects through concepts, and it sparks a deeper understanding of the big ideas. So let's break down the walls, both metaphorically and literally, to create a space where learning is seamless, where learners see the world's interconnectedness. So how are you doing this, my friends, to create a transdisciplinary and conceptual learning space where all ideas are connected and students are able to discuss 
the journey of their of their learning um, whether it be through a unit a quarter or the entire year and now we're going to focus lastly on differentiation where we're guiding the learning differentiation as we know isn't a buzzword it's a lifeline for learners when we tailor our teaching we're meeting the needs of our learners and their interests and we're providing them opportunities for them to explore their passions and develop their unique strengths and one way to achieve this is through powerful visual tools encouraging learners to sketch their ideas create mind maps and design posters and anchor charts and let them capture their aha moments visually and making learning more tangible and memorable so how are we guiding the learning so that not all children have to complete the same exact task because they're not the same exact learner and this is something that i think differentiates a more agentic um, classroom where teachers are willing to let go of some of that control and have faith in their learners that they can do it. Now let's get to the application part. Now that we've had a chance to review all of the big ideas within this um, series. In the coming weeks, I encourage each one of you to take a deep dive in your own teaching practice. Reflect on how you've implemented these learner-driven strategies in your classroom from this series. And think of what has worked. What challenges have you faced? What are things that you need to change for your context? Because this is a natural process of us modeling of mistakes being made and trying to tweak so that we can um, make it become a success. So there's gonna be, of course, if you know me by now, I'm not just gonna give you one <laughs> uh, application, I'm gonna give you a couple because that's how we roll. All right, so step one is assessment component, which is a self-evaluation. So I wanna challenge you to self-assess your progress in creating a learner-driven environment. Um, let's consider answering these questions. How have you promoted learner agency in your classroom? Have you integrated transdisciplinary elements into your teaching? In what ways have you celebrated learners' voice choice and ownership? How effectively have you differentiated instruction to meet individual needs? And how have you encouraged learners to visually represent their ideas and aha moments? Woo, those are big questions. So once again, let me repeat them because that's a lot. How have you promoted learner agency in your classroom? Don't do anything grandiose. Think of little ways. Have, have you integrated transdisciplinary elements into your teaching? Meaning going across all the curriculum, right? And what ways have you celebrated learners' voice, choice, and ownership? You should be able to see that in the classroom of them making some decisions. How effectively have you differentiated instruction to meet individual needs? Remember, that's making it open-ended so that students can have a different process and a different product. Have you encouraged learners to visually represent their ideas and aha moments? 
So that's utilizing visible thinking routines, uh, reflections, that sort of thing, and having them visually up on the wall. When I'm thinking about this self-evaluation, I'm thinking of a child walking into a classroom and if a visitor comes in and says, what's this? Oh, they can say, oh, I did this and hear how it's connected with this. Um, and here's how it's connected with this other idea. And it's led me to this thinking here. That to me, dream classroom. So step two, setting goals. So after your self-assessment, set concrete goals for improvement. We all can improve, right? What specific changes will you make from the series to further enhance learner independence in your classroom? Think about actionable steps and timelines for implementation. Personally, I prefer an Oscar action plan because it's very clear and precise. I will, um, on my blog, um, I will, um, and I'll put a link to my blog post in the descriptor of the podcast. I'm going to, um, in the blog, attach um, or give you a link to an Oscar plan template. And what I love about the Oscar action plan is that O-S-C-A-R is what drives the plan. So the O is what is my objective? What am I doing? And it, and it should be one simple sentence, right? I, um, I, I will incorporate more flexible seating, right? Um, uh, with my students, something very simple, right? The S, what are steps needed to be taken to achieve the objective? So this is actually step one, step two. How am I going to break this down? Well, if I'm going to have flexible seating for my students to make it more agentic and go with their learning style, I'm going to first then have a discussion with my students and say, hey, how should we arrange this so that it's more user friendly for you? What are we going to need? What can we take away? Um, how can we um, utilize what we already have, but just reformat it in where it goes in the room? Those are the steps. C, what is the time frame for completion? In, in my mind, um, how one unit works based on engagements might not be the uh, way that children work in the next unit. And so I might be... Um, the completion is I might start this in, let's say, in a month, but it might take me all to the end of the school year and then beginning uh, to next school year, right? Um, it might be ongoing. But I might say by the end of the school year, and if you have, uh, if you're ending the school year, then maybe because um, Southern Hemisphere friends are ending it in December then think about ending it, uh, you know, in the next school year. Okay, A, what evidence will indicate that the objective has been achieved? That's the A part of Oscar. So this is where tangible. So when I'm looking at this evidence is anyone can go up to a child and ask, how has the learning environment helped you become successful? What are things that were changed that made it easier for you to learn? And a child can articulate that. That's how I know it's an agentic classroom, right? Um, and they can talk about the tools, they can talk about the furnishings, they can talk about the scheduling, 
all of that. Um, R, what resources will be needed? And this is where I think is one of the most critical places of advocating. Like, okay, we've put together these steps and we've put together this completion date and this evidence. Well, what are we gonna need in order to get it done? So now this can be where we take stock of what we already have within our classroom, within our school. And if we need more, then we, uh, we advocate and put a list of items that we might need that we could possibly get for donations, um, like bean bags or whatever, and parents have some at the house they no longer use, they can bring them into the school, blah, 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 okay? So thinking about that, what's your Oscar plan? I love that, O-S-C-A-R, objective, steps, completion, achieve, resources. And then the, the, when you go down to individual rows, it's like, okay, well, how are you gonna achieve this um, goal that you have? <sighs> how are you gonna achieve it in the first month, three months, six months and ongoing? Right, and it doesn't have to necessarily be flexible. Uh, like maybe your overarching goal is I want to create a more agentic um, classroom space. Maybe in the first month we're looking at furnishings. Um, maybe the third month we're looking at um, some co-creation of activities. Maybe in six months is looking at co-creation of units. Um, and anchor charts and assessments, whatever that might be, okay? So have fun with it. I absolutely love the Oscar and I hope you do as well. Thank you for joining me on this adventure through this application series. I know it's been wonderful for me to reflect back on past learning and apply it to my practice in a different way. Any aha moments and ideas you would like to share, please tag me on formerly known as Twitter, at ThinkChat2020, LinkedIn, at Lou Gerlock, Instagram, at ThinkChat2020, or in our Confessions of a PYP Teacher Facebook group. If you haven't joined, join us. I'm going to be starting to um, host some webinars in there and do some more interactive tools coming up um, this after uh, winter break. So I can't wait to learn with you and from you. Talk to you soon, my friends.